I am looking for sponsors for the Covert Narcissism podcast. I don't know if you've heard some of the other podcasts where you get a discount code for the sponsors that they use. So I want to do that here. So what products are you already using that you want a discount on? I can be an affiliate for you. Or what products do you want to try? I don't want to do this with just random stuff. I want to hear from you. My email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G, as in Covert Narcissism Group. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Our patron program is our biggest contributor to offset the expenses of this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has chosen to donate. It keeps us pushing forward on this mission. I appreciate it more than you know. To become a patron member, if you're not one yet, click the link in the bio. And I am incredibly grateful for your support. So I have this checklist of common traits in covert narcissists. And I've sent it out to thousands of people. I use it on my mailing list, in my Facebook groups, in individual coaching, in group coaching. If you don't have a copy yet and you want one, join my mailing list. I have two different websites where you can join that mailing list. It's www.covertnarcissism.com and www.cng, like Covert Narcissism Group, CNG, lifecoaching.com. The mailing list comes from actually the life coaching email. So we keep covert narcissism out of your inbox. That's for your safety. But on this checklist, you know, I've covered so many of these traits in my podcast episodes. But I realized something the other day. I've left out two. Two of them I have not covered at all in a podcast episode. Sure, I've talked about them. I've mentioned them. But they deserve an episode of their own. So that's what I'm doing. These two traits are the silent treatment and gaslighting. I cannot believe that I have over 100 episodes and I haven't done these. What in the world? What am I thinking? So it's time. You know, I I have tied them into other episodes. You know, I've tied them into the conversations about passive aggressiveness and emotional abuse, but it's time to dive deeper on these two. So today we begin with the silent treatment. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. What exactly is the silent treatment? For many of this, we actually experienced it in middle school. Our best friend gets mad at us and stops talking to us, period. That's it. It's a temper tantrum because we hurt their feelings or didn't do what they wanted or, you know, they heard a rumor about us, whatever. I'll show you. I won't talk to you anymore. It's a form of teaching someone a lesson. You no longer deserve my attention, my time, my communication. You don't deserve to be blessed with my presence anymore. It's mean, arrogant, and cruel. It takes away the other person's right to have differing opinions, to say something that they could have said differently, to simply be human. The silent treatment is a shift from a regular, or at least somewhat regular, conversation to silence that lasts for longer than a reasonable period of time. It's a passive-aggressive form of emotional abuse. It's punishing, controlling, and painful. It's not blatantly abusive, such as yelling, swearing, throwing things, or hitting. And so as such, it's actually much easier to deny or make excuses for. 
you know, the, the person doing the silent treatment, when you call them out on it, might say, well, I just didn't feel like talking. There's nothing wrong with that. You shouldn't take it so personally. They might say, you're imagining this. I, I haven't been ignoring you. It's easier to deny than getting hit. They might even say, well, I was just thinking about what I was going to say. Don't I have the room to do this? And now they've triggered your guilt feelings. This painful form of silence can go on for days and weeks of them not talking to you. You could be in the same room together and just be totally ignored. Throughout the day, text messages go unanswered. Phone calls go to voicemail. You feel completely invisible. The silent, silent treatment, it's a removal of connection. It's, it communicates that you don't matter to me. It triggers one's fear of abandonment, which is what makes it effective in controlling and manipulating the target. The fear and discomfort that the silent treatment causes in the victim is what breaks the victim down and causes them to give in to the desires of the covert narcissist. This distress is the goal of the silent treatment. It's designed to keep you feeling weak, insignificant, unsteady, and it's used to keep your focus on them because now you work extra hard to get their attention back. Victims of the silent treatment will become obsessed with this person, working overtime to get back in their graces and once again be back in the land of the talking. This is especially appealing to the covert narcissist. They want all of your attention. It's different than taking like a timeout. I get asked, okay, can I not have a cool down if I get upset? This is different because in a, in a cooling down period, you're letting your emotions settle down so that you can regain some perspective and some self-control. It's a time of self-reflection. And maybe you can then approach the situation with a better attitude. That's a cooling down period. That's the motivation behind it. The silent treatment's about controlling the other person. A cool down is about controlling my own emotions, settling them down so that then I can come back with a better perspective. I have people tell me often, you know, that their covert narcissist would never discard them. You know, they weren't the ones that would ever leave. And that was the case in my situation too. He would never have been the one to leave. But I'm going to argue that that silent treatment, that's a form of discard. Even though it may not be a physical discard, they are emotionally discarding you. It's a form, like I said, of punishment. And we all know that the covert narcissists, they love to teach someone a lesson. They look for reasons to punish someone, to make them pay for their crime. That goes back to that episode as well on guard dogging. They're looking for something that they can then latch onto that's a, an injustice and, and get their anger going, and now I'll show you. And the silent treatment is one of those forms of punishment. So for many of you, that silent treatment looks like days and weeks on end of not, uh, not being communicated with, that silent treatment. For me, that was not the case. I didn't experience it that way. It actually was, was different. It, for me, it was these moments of intense silence within an actual conversation, like just holding me there like a prisoner. It, we would have the normal flow of conversation going and the conversation might get a little intense or a little, if I said anything that was along the lines of something that was going to make him unhappy, all of a sudden there would, I would not get answered. Like he just went silent. 
And it makes you so uneasy and unsure of, okay, what just happened here? The silent treatment can be ignoring your request, purposefully not answering you, leaving you guessing whether they actually heard you or not. And yet when you ask a second time, they lash out stating firmly, well, I heard you the first time. This shows that the silence is purposeful and manipulative. It can even look like one word answers, you know, yes, no, some, or no answers at all, just pointing, shrugging, gesturing. You might convince yourself that he just needs time to think about what he wants to say. This is what happened with me in the middle of those conversations when all of a sudden he went silence. I thought, you know, he just needed time to think about what he's going to say. And there's nothing wrong with that. Making a big deal out of it, in fact, felt mean and insensitive. I mean, what are you going to say? Well, why don't you answer me? Well, I guess I did get to that point that I was saying that. And then he says, well, I was thinking about what I wanted to say. Can't I do that? And you're probably going to say, you know, something like you want to say, can't you think faster? I mean, that's kind of what I would think. Or can't you just, actually what I said was, can't you just talk to me? The whole thing feels trivial and petty and certainly does not seem abusive, but it's a no-win situation. This silent treatment is extremely direct and purposeful. It is a little hard to describe, so bear with me. When he has become offended by something I have said, done, not said, or not done, it is immediately crystal clear. Not because of what he says, but because of what he doesn't say. And because of his body language. He has this way of existing in space that communicates complete disdain for the other person. And for, it was me most of the time. He stares at absolutely nothing in this very contemplative manner. The silence can last for a few minutes or actually quite a while, but it creates this tension that is so impossible to describe in words. The grip of that tension is felt mentally, emotionally, and even physically. Getting out of this entrapment proves to be incredibly difficult. And staying takes a huge toll on your body, mind, heart, and soul. My son once said to me, you know, dad has only two expressions, anger and zombie. Boy, I knew what he was talking about. I knew exactly what he meant by this. The anger, of course, pretty clear. That came out a lot. But that zombie mode, I had tried to explain this zombie expression to a friend of mine. And this was, you know, we were together at a Christmas party. And I had explained it to her before this Christmas party. And my husband was sitting on the floor in front of me. We were at, you know, a gathering of 20, 30 people, our friends. And my friend was sitting across the room. We were, you know, just sitting there with these, with people, you know, my husband enjoys and we were doing this playful gift exchange, which we do every year with them. However, I noticed that my husband was not turning his head as the conversation shifted around. He was not following this conversation and he was not interacting. He was not engaging from the behind him because he's sitting on the floor in front of me. I kind of wonder, well, what's he staring at? My friend later told me that he was just sitting there staring into space with this empty creepy expression on his face. I know that expression. I knew exactly what she was talking about. That expression, that's what he would do in those silent treatment moments when he was angry about something and he's staring off into space. And sure enough, that night on the drive home, I heard all about it. I heard all about the anger that was inside of him. I can be in mid-conversation with him and he will go to that zombie mode. It's like he just left. And, and now I'm, I'm talking to a void. 
But if I say something, then it's, I get fussed at, you know, don't interrupt me. Interrupt you? You're not talking. If I leave the room, well, you're just going to walk out on me in mid-conversation? Mid-conversation, you're not talking. And I would go on and on explaining myself then in that moment of silence. I would go on, you know, in my head, I'm going, does he hear me? Does he understand what I'm saying? Is he mad? Is he upset? Would he just say something, please? The void of talking to a covert narcissist in that moment of silent treatment often caused me to feel the need to explain myself even more. You even start feeling defensive because you feel their silence is triggered by some form of anger, something I did. So I explain even further. And it always ended up with, well, why do you repeat yourself so much? I can't tell you how many times I heard that. And I would ask him, well, why don't you respond? Say something to me. Covert narcissists have no idea how to do normal conversation. This painful silence is a manipulation tactic, leaving you feel unsteady. Silent treatment hangs over your head. It's always there lingering, waiting for a resolution, leaving you trying to fix it. And in trying to fix it, we give them more attention, internally begging for them to talk to us. Just say something. Now, the silent treatment often includes nonverbal communication as well. These are gestures while maintaining that silence. These are gestures that only the abuser and the victim recognize. Looks, sighs, shrugs, and so on. They communicate some sort of negative message to the intended target, but no one else sees it. And this can be done now around other people. These cues are like a dog whistle. You know, someone blows a dog whistle and no one hears it but the dog. To everyone else, it's just a normal, pleasant day. But the dog's going nuts. They can hear what no one else can hear. It's painful to them. And they are unable to get it stopped, so they whimper, whine, hide, growl, bark. They do not behave in their normal manner. Covert narcissists have a dog whistle. No one hears the whistle but you. You know the signs, the cues, the gestures, the looks, the tone. They close their eyes, grit their teeth, take a deep breath, and that look in their eyes. It's all too clear to you. They are raging mad, and all of it is directed at you silently. For you, this leads to massive amounts of anxiety. You might be in a public gathering with friends and family, but your system goes into that fight-or-flight mode, and it will stay that way for hours. Your heart rate increases, your stomach nosedives. Your brain goes into hypervigilant mode, or your brain just completely shuts down. Thoughts of their anger consume you. This is all part of that silent treatment. They won't talk to you. They'll ignore you except for these little gestures that no one else sees. Your friends and family may notice the change in you, but they don't hear the dog whistle. They don't see his silent abuse. They don't understand what is wrong, and they might even think that something's wrong with you. Publicly, the covert narcissist will now do things for you that everyone else says, well, isn't that so sweet of him? They'll put their arm around you. They'll hold your hand. They'll do these things. But you know that he's raging mad because that's already been silently communicated to you. His good actions are now so manipulative and insincere that you can't stand it. And you just freeze in a panic. I'll give you an example. We had headed to church one morning and we had a horrible morning at home horrible. We had, we had, you know, had this massive disagreement. I don't even remember now what it was on, 
but I remember the morning and how it played out. And, and we rode to church in silence. I would try to talk to him, but I was getting that silent treatment. And, and we get to church, and he sits at church, and he just puts his arm around me, holds me tight, plays with my hair, like everything is great and wonderful. Everyone at the church, you know, always thought it was so sweet. You guys are so sweet sitting there. It made me want to gag. We look like such a good couple. He was such the gentleman. With everything that was going on at my home behind closed doors, this gesture of him putting his arm around me made my skin crawl. I could not stand it. It wasn't real. It wasn't genuine. It was a manipulative show. Our young son even mentioned this to me once. He said, I don't like sitting with dad at church because I can't stand it when he puts his arm around me. It's so fake. Even the kids noticed. The rage of a covert narcissist is often a silent rage or a covered rage. No one else sees it, but they will put your reaction to it on full public display. You look like the problem. If I pull away from him sitting there at the church and I take his arm and move it away from me or I scoot away from him, I now look like the problem. So it teaches you to play the small person in the relationship. A great match for a narcissist. Okay. When, when I look like the problem, I go to take that space between them. That came out later as well. Then he's going, I was being nice and you're the one that's pulling away. Again, their story starts with your reaction to them, not with what they did. Wanting to protect the marriage, we deny how we feel and we make excuses. He's just having a bad day. He didn't mean it. I was being too sensitive. I stayed in denial for years. I even tried to continue that denial once I started seeing the behaviors for what they were. No, he's not like that. Did I reach a point that I was using a form of silent treatment back? Yes, I certainly did. But I'm going to tell you, it looks a whole lot different. This was survival mode. Not trying to punish him or control him, just simply trying to survive. Short answers, simple answers, boring answers. Not oversharing anything about my day, thoughts, or feelings. I quit talking to him. I quit sharing with him. I mean, I would talk when he brought stuff to me. I would answer, but I wasn't engaging. Nothing was safe. No topic was ever safe. So I just quit bringing conversation to him. Basically, I became boring to him. I stayed neutral on everything, no longer expressing my own opinions. Well, guess what? I ran across the phrase gray rock and I went, oh, that's what I'm doing. It has a name. I didn't know it had a name. It didn't feel mean, I know that. It just felt distant. It didn't feel controlling. It just felt protective. See, gray rock is creating a space for you to heal and revive your soul. It's taking safety away from the manipulations of this toxic person. It allows you to step back so you can see the relationship more honestly. It's for your own emotional and psychological safety. It's not manipulative. The silent treatment is for the purpose of hurting or manipulating the other person. It's for external reasons. So reasons for the silent treatment, it's punishing to get you to apologize, to hold power over you, to get their own needs met, to get you to doubt yourself, doubt your version of reality so that they can better control you. It's a temper tantrum, emotional immaturity, lack of interpersonal skills, and the inability to even discuss, I'm going to say difficult topics, but any topics. But reasons for gray rock? No. This is now protecting yourself from further damage, trying to reduce the conflict, trying to keep peace, creating emotional space from this person so that you can gain more perspective. 
Gray rocking was a very effective tool for me, though at times it really frustrated him. And I, you know, I gave in just simply to keep peace at times. You have to find your own way through this journey. What works one day simply might not work the next. So every day, just do the next right thing. One step at a time. I wish you so much peace on this journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.